everybody. Uh, welcome to This Is Not About Your Body. I am Jesse Neeland, and today I have a special guest. Uh, this is Angel Austin, who is the creator and organizer of the Sacred Space for Fat Bodies Experience, uh, which is based around the idea that everyone deserves to access self-care, rest, and the ability to feel their very best, no matter what size they are. Uh, and the Sacred Space uh, seeks to foster change by offering a safe, luxurious, inclusive, accommodating, and customized experience for the very fat person. Uh, also, Angel just recently did a blog post for, uh, I do a an email series every Tuesday to my list called Transparent Tuesday, and once a month I have a guest author, and Angel was my guest author uh, this month, and uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that post as well because I got a ton of feedback. So uh, welcome, Angel. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm and stoked to have you. thank you for introducing me because every time somebody asks me to introduce myself, I'm like, oh. <laughs> it I is really hard to myself. do. Um, so I'm going to have you tell a little bit about your story, kind of like how okay. you came to create the sacred space for fat people. Um, but I figure, you know, everybody should know who you are a little bit before that. So yes. Um, awesome. Yeah. Tell me about that. I tell everyone when I we, we talk about this, that Sacred space for me was a selfish endeavor because I'd been out in the world trying to get self-care services for myself and had significant trouble um, because of fat phobia and weight mm -hmm. stigma. Um, things like going to a um, to get my feet done once and I got up in the chair, you know, like yeah. you do, to put my feet down in the basin and the owner of the the establishment came running from the back was like no 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 please get out of my chair you're gonna break it and like it's a full packed shop yes and I was more like for a pedicure like one of those pedicure chairs yes oh my yes. gosh okay I was mortified Friday afternoon everybody's off work you know getting ready for the weekend I just wanted to get my feet done yeah and so he gets one of the people there to get one of those like foot fixer things like from Walgreens or whatever and they come and do my feet I paid the same money you know sure, yeah. and so things like that things like um worrying about capacity for the tables if I want to get a massage and that type of mm -hmm. thing even with healthcare, um I had situations where I fell one time at the job where I was working and I had to go to workman's comp to the doctor and the table apparently I had no idea had a 350 pound weight limit mm -hmm. and the nurse was like please don't lean on I wasn't even sitting on the table she was like, please don't even lean on the table. Like she was yeah. just angry at me because I was fat, oh. you know? So, oh I mean, situations like that and so many, like people can't wear the robes, can't use yeah, the towels. Yeah. So I wanted to create a space where people that were like me, super fat and fin fat people could come in and just really feel comfortable, feel pampered, feel enveloped by mm -hmm. comfort and softness and not feel like they had to just take the leftovers or whatever they can find to fit them, that type of thing. Oh my God. Absolutely. And I love this so much. I, I'm going to have you define InfiniFat okay. for me, for anybody who hasn't uh, heard that word. And I think it's really, really important that this is understood. So tell yes. us about that. So um, my good friend, Ash, um, Ash Fatlip on Instagram. You know, Ash, um, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, she's, been like oh my gosh a lifesaver for me in fat liberation but um she there were I think there had been kind of a spectrum a size spectrum kind of thing bumping around and she came up with um a kind of a gauge for determining the size of a person's body without using weight 
you know, or all those type of measurements yeah. that we've known of in the past. So the medicalized like terms. Tori- Say again. Like without using the medicalized, yes. stigmatized yes, terms. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So she like was like just use toric sizes, you know. So like a small fat is a size zero, and a mm-hmm. you know a um, infinite fat would be like a six or seven x. Kind of like a range mm-hmm. of kind of determining a person's size for the purposes of talking about size. Mm-hmm. Um, and infinite fat would be the far, I guess you'd say right, or however you want to put it together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, these the largest of yeah. that spectrum. And um, so it would be that we would be the ones that have the most difficult time finding clothes, finding yeah. things that we can use out in the world, finding seating, finding anything, because yeah. the world is just not made for us. Right. Mm-hmm. I think this is so important because it's very easy in a world that, you know, there's if fat phobia and weight stigma are just rampant. It's very mm-hmm. easy to think of it as being like, oh, I have a fat friend. So, you know, I've heard about the fat experience or I'm fat myself. I've heard, of, I, I know, I know all about the fat experience, but mm-hmm. that's often coming from, or was sort of res, um, like circling around small fat. Yes. And the, the, there is huge differences in access and uh, as well as actual treatment and stigma. So I think it's yes. so important that we have words to start discerning. Like mm-hmm. these things are not the same. They are both bad. There is still mm-hmm. stigma. And yeah. there is such a bigger need for um, this kind of work uh, over here. And it's also important to see the largest or fattest fat people as something besides what you see on my 600 pound life or oh, you know, yeah, the biggest yeah. loser, all these other shows where we're you know, stereotyped and kind of pigeonholed into this perception of what fatness is. Yeah. Um, it's not true. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not always the case that, you know, I can't eat, you know, right. however much or whatever people look at me and would presume, mm-hmm. you know, that I got fat because I eat da, 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 or I do yeah. this routinely. It's not, fatness is not a monolith, you know, yeah. especially when you get to the infinite fat, super fat, we're not just all the same people and we're not all fat for the same reasons. Right. And, and and honestly, it doesn't matter why we're fat. It doesn't matter. We're human, yeah. right? We, we are human. We love, we, you know, all the things that any person in any size body experiences, we experience, experience those things yeah. too in a larger body. So this is something I put in as like the title of my email uh, that mm-hmm. I sent from you is this should not be controversial. Yes. That people in the fattest fat bodies deserve the same basic care, respect, and access as mm-hmm. everybody else. This should not be controversial, but I, I think even in the, God, unfortunately, even in the body positivity space, certainly in the wellness and good God in the diet culture and fitness space, there is this idea of like, okay, well, I can understand a little bit, right? Like everyone has a little bit of whatever, but they, there's like this boundary, like all respect people up to a certain point, which means Infinifat is like beyond. It, I'm it so just glad you said that. Yeah. I'm so glad that you perceive that because that is the one thing I think it almost hurts more mm. um, experiencing fat phobia within body positivity and within fat liberation. Sure. Because you anticipate that people would understand that you'd be safe like there in, yeah. in doing the work. Right. But you oh. would be surprised how often you're deemed as not an acceptable fat. God, like, I can I, imagine. Like, yeah. Fat, but like, like 
because for example, mm-hmm. the term plus size frustrates me so much because it's like a blanket statement, you know, of, of a person that is larger. Right. Mm-hmm. But plus size, I don't see myself as plus size, mm-hmm. not, not what it's perceived to be in the world. Right. right. Like plus size, which is, is like <laughs> regular thin people, but slightly bigger than a supermodel. That's basically what yeah. plus size is anyway. Yeah. Because plus size, you think of clothing, you think of marketing for, mm-hmm. you know, plus size, plus size influencers, mm-hmm. you know, um, there was a situation that happened recently where an influencer, which again, you would think that they would know, mm-hmm. right. They were developing a product for fat people, fat people. They sent the product to my friend who is in Finifat. That product didn't work for her because like, it was like a body positive kind of thing it was for it was for fat people wow so not like to lose weight though it was like intended no, 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 to no, just no. okay no, it got was it. something that was supposed to make our lives easier oh my gosh yeah it wasn't tested on infinite fat bodies no, no. Uh-huh. so so my thing is that and i wrote about this recently because it's so heavy on my heart that within fat liberation i mean i i kind of anticipate it, it I don't know. We I want to have co-conspirators. You know, I want us yeah. to have people who are in straight size bodies who understand and perceive like you just did yeah. about things that are happening even within the people that are doing the work mm-hmm. in, in these groups. But it just is so rough because it's like you're almost there. You know, like why didn't you just ask? Why didn't you test? Why didn't you check? You know, why didn't you? And and that's why I feel the work that I do that's very specific that is very um yeah like focused on just super fat and infinite fat people is mm-hmm. so important because it's so hard for us to advocate for ourselves it's yeah. hard to like possess any like real agency because we have to fit wherever we go like we have to try to make it work we have to yeah. ask the question so anytime anyone in a smaller fat body or a straight size person asks me what can I do to help I say advocate for us ask questions if even if we're not with you even if we don't have plans to go out yeah together, yeah for example, if you go somewhere and you're like you know what that wouldn't work for my friend mm-hmm. can you do something about this like mm-hmm. does this work for all bodies you know or if somebody claims that everybody's welcome or you know this is like yes. these clothes are fit everybody we're making clothes for everybody and you go up to a 3x ask the question, yeah. send the email, mm-hmm. you know, um, advocate for us. I um, was telling someone yesterday, I got the opportunity to speak for a class, a college class, sociology class. And I was so encouraged because um, the young people in the class were asking really amazing questions. And one of the girls was like, how can I help my fat friends? Mm-hmm. You know, how can I, like, if you're making plans, you want to go out to a club and go out, go out to eat what I do as a fat person, I have to do reconnaissance, right? I have to like try to right. figure out what's going on. And if I could fit there, if I, my body uh-huh. works there, if I can, <laughs> I had a situation where I went out to eat with some friends and there was a bar and we were waiting to be seated. <clears throat> I can't get up on a high top chair or, or like a, um, a bar seat. Like a right? stool really thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there was an armchair that was nearby it makes me laugh so much. And I'm just like, I'm at a place in my life where I'm like, pull the armchair up to the bar. I'm sitting down. 
yourself. You might not like it. People might look at me. I don't care. That's uh, me. That's yeah. where, I'm, I, where I am. I don't care. Yeah. But think about other people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even people in smaller bodies than myself. They're either not going to go. They're going to be embarrassed. They're going to be uncomfortable the whole time. They're going to want to leave. You yeah. know, it's just a battle just to like do regular things. Some of us have some money. Some of us, you know, we're not yeah. just all at home in bed. Some of us are, and that's just fine. But some of us are, are you know, entrepreneurs. Yeah. We're creatives. Like we have minds. We have, you know, desires and thoughts. You know, we have sex. You know, we, we're human beings, you know, and we just want to be able to live. And, yeah. and I am mercilessly trolled. Like Ash and I catch hell you know on different sites we've Ash has been doxxed um mm. like horrible horrible things um there was even situation where um where um people were waging on you know wagering on when you know different fat people would would be gone you know and it's just like really oh my god like what what is it about me you know yeah. what I, I've yeah, thought yeah. about it a lot and I think a lot of it is that they hate our audacity. You know, they hate our audacity to like yeah. be like the worst case scenario with the thing that everybody doesn't want to be more than being disabled or more than being, yeah. you know, whatever. The worst thing you could think of in fat is like right up there. Ooh. And we have the nerve to like celebrate our bodies and yeah. smile and enjoy ourselves and dance and, you know, say yeah. we want to go somewhere and want to be comfortable and be accommodated. They hate that. Because it's uh, the, the world has set it up to that you're not acceptable unless you fit uh-huh. a certain uh, you know body size, a certain um, way that you know we have determined that is right, that is moral, yeah. that is good, that is acceptable to society, and it's, we don't fit that. It's like identity shattering, like self worth yes. shattering to someone to see a person in a very fat body having mm-hmm. a good life because that's yeah. like not supposed to happen when you've yeah. created your entire identity around yes. like superiority. Mm-hmm. You just literally, it's like, it's like all you can do is buffer and get mad. That's it. That's yep. <laughs> or go do I a whole bunch you. of unlearning. <laughs> yes. And then there's all the, you know, well, you're costing, you know, taxpayers money and you oh know God, all yeah. these different stats and things like that and it's just it's all been set up to be truth and it's not so I want to go back to something you said which I think is mm-hmm. so great is this mm-hmm. idea that you know if anybody in any size body happens to have a fat friend and you guys are going out a very mm-hmm. good thing to do is to think of your friend and check and do some recon you know on their behalf whatever mm-hmm. before making the invite right and that does feel like that should just be standard practice basic respect i realize that it's not but i am going to say that because i feel like the next level of it is considering fat people even if you didn't have a friend who is meeting you at tonight yes. everywhere you go yes because if you see fat people as human, which is this thing that is mm-hmm. weirdly controversial, but like, yeah. there it is, like they are human people who deserve the same kind of human experiences. And when you actually really let that in, the, mm-hmm. the horrifyingness of the fact that they are not allowed that access, it really is on us to write the letter, the email, mm-hmm. to ask the manager to, you know, whatever it is, wherever you are, because there yeah. are fat people there too. I think the rub is that the struggle and that this is a thing that it's like the place that people have to go, even with anti-racism and, you know, 
all the anti-isms mm-hmm. is you have to consider if there's any resistance to that, you know, to that um, advocating for someone yeah. that there's resistance or you're questioning it. Um, a lot of it has to do with, again, this idea that, like you were saying earlier, there's a limit, right? Like you mm. can be fat enough, but then you're this, like, what did you do? Yeah. You know, what did you do? And sometimes there's still that resistance that people feel yeah. is that, you know, really, if they cared about themselves, you yeah. know, they wouldn't be that fat. So to me, the analogy here that I find is very easy, well, particularly with like white women, um, you know, thin white women with a lot of body privilege is very, very easy to draw the analogy here to like, uh, you know, no woman is asking for it unless, you know, and then there's always this, like, let's put it in a really extreme scenario. And then I'm a little questionable. And then I wouldn't stand up for it. And then Mm -hmm. I wouldn't go to bat for that woman. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I feel like we've made way more progress around that than body size, obviously, Mm -hmm. but like, that is something that can allow you to connect to the fact that it's like, oh, there really can't literally can't be an unless in this sentence, Mm -hmm. if you meant the first part, you just can't. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You and you are, or unless mm-hmm. you essentially negated the whole. Yeah, the whole thing. You, know, you say this yeah, isn't a value thing. to me once yeah. it becomes really inconvenient or uh, confusing. And you um, have to be able to unpack. Even fat people have to be able to unpack, you know, that fat phobia in themselves, in ourselves. I mean, of even in myself, I'm fat phobia is so hard because it's almost like you're telling somebody they're racist if you say they're fat phobic, but we're all fat phobic. I'm yeah. fat phobic. I, I have to mentally adjust all the time if I'm in the world and yeah. say, because the feeling comes, the thought comes. Of course. Like, dang, I can't ride in my car comfortably, you know, or I have to literally sometimes out loud say, no, Angel, there should be cars that are comfortable for you. Yeah. The manufacturer of this vehicle should have known. Such a huge difference in perspective, though. That shift. But it's. Yeah. What did I do wrong to, you know what? They're making a mistake here. Yes. They're at fault. And that's the thing that has been so difficult for me to convey to people like myself. And the way, the reason why I keep talking about it and talking about it, because at some point, and I'm writing about this now, we have to learn to create sacred space wherever we are. (laughs) We have to learn to advocate for ourselves. And it's not fair. Yeah. It's not fair. Right. It's not fair. It's not comfortable. It's not right. But to see the change that we want as fat people, um, I was telling someone yesterday that I have made a decision that the trolling and the threats and all the other stuff is just a part of my life now. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. It's not fair. Right. No, or, not. But I know the visibility, you know, and the the things that I say and the things that are so important in this space are changing things. You know, yeah. at any yeah. time in history, you know that whenever something like this was done, it was disruptive. It pissed yeah. people off. You yeah. know, people have died. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so I, I understand that this is my purpose in my life. This is who I am. And I know, I know that, um, I'm still here yeah. because this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I spent my whole life trying to shrink my body, uh-huh. my whole life from a young child. Yeah. 
And I'm still here, finally able to say, I love my body just as it is. Do I have pain? Do I have struggles? Sure. Do I have, yes, this is my body. This is who I am. I can't deny that. I have, you know, I'm disabled. You know, I have mm-hmm. situations and things that I deal with like any other human being. Yeah. But I love myself. I love my body. I made no apologies for it. Not anymore. Not anymore. And I want to help all of us, not just, you know, people that I want to help, you know, want to advocate for us, but people who look like me Mm -hmm. to be able to create that sacred space. And I was going to say, when I created sacred space, I created it for the massage and the self-care. And I had to take a pivot because it was like in the heart of COVID and I Mm, couldn't get people to come to my house and I wouldn't want to, I want people to be safe and feel safe and secure. So it kind of took a pivot to the advocacy and to the activism and things like that. And I'm kind of glad because um, it's so needed. And I have kind of blossomed and began to really understand like the depth of what this is all about and what it's done for me as a person and the connections that I've made and the people that I've been able to meet and share and the people that message me and tell me you know, people who are not even in bodies as large as mine that say, I really needed to hear what you said today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really needed to feel that I needed to understand that I had been struggling with this thing. Yeah. And when you said that, it's like a light bulb came off, you know, came right. on in my head. And that's what I live for. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about, because that's what makes the change. Men who are like, you know, fat and, you know, like felt bad about themselves and didn't want to show themselves and were embarrassed because they wanted the physique and all that you know they're like cheering me on you know and we're cheering each other on and we're moving and doing all kind of cool stuff online and in front of the world and encouraging people that is so it's worth it all to me oh god I love that. I'm so, I mean, this is why I'm so like excited to have you on here and so excited to like introduce you to people because it's just so uh incredible what you're doing Um, and I want to point out like Mm -hmm. this thing that you have, this, uh, level of self-acceptance and self-love that you've, you've gotten to is part of why you're able to be here, uh, forming that kind of resilient identity on the internet, uh, taking trolls and like letting it wash off your back as best you can. Like somebody who hasn't gotten that yet can't put them in the self position, put themselves in the position to be this visible, which means that we are only ever going to hear from people who have done like a shit ton of this kind of internal work to like clear out that internalized fat phobia and stuff. And it means that you saying something like, um, you know, speaking up, advocating uh, either in your own life or, or, or publicly like this, um, it is not something most people can even fathom, Yeah. but we never are exposed to like the humanity, the pain of people in, in super fat or infinity fat bodies who are still battling their, their own shame about it and would yeah. never speak up in a group of people or would yeah. never advocate, you know, the people who like are afraid to ask for the accommodations they need and would mm-hmm. just go home that night instead of sitting in this fabulous armchair at the bar. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's so important to recognize for anyone who isn't in that kind of um, size body is like, we are only ever hearing about it because someone did all the work anyway. Like they got there anyway, and that allows them to take up space so that we can, I mean, there's so little representation, but like we have zero representation of people who haven't gotten there. We just, because the shame keeps us silent. It it keeps people silent. That's what shame does. It does. And I have had to, 
really kind of stretch myself because there are people who are we're all in different places you know in yeah. our journey and our learning and unlearning and I had a situation where a friend of mine was like a brilliant writer brilliant poet I mean amazing and they were saying I need to go speak at this place and I need you to look at chair recommendations I want to buy a chair to take with me because I don't know what's there and I <laughs> I got so I got hot like my head got hot <laughs> I was like <clears throat> I wanted to be understanding yes. and I wanted to be caring and I wanted I, I didn't want to just dismiss her feelings yeah and her fear and all the stuff that was going on like I'm just imagining you know her you know already being nervous about presenting her like her heart you know yeah so work, vulnerable yeah and having to worry about her seat yeah and actually purchasing one to take with her and I, I said I, I kind of like gave this a beat and I was like you know the onus is on them to make sure you have what you need right they've asked you to come Mm-hmm. They're likely paying you. They're, they've invited you. Yeah. It's on them, the venue, the whoever's putting it on, to make sure you have what you need. Yeah. She said, yes, I know, but I just can't do it today. Oh, gosh. And oh. it broke me because I understood. Right. Yeah, the fatigue of it all. Oh, that I is mean, heartbreaking. The intersection of being, you know, an infinite fat person and you know, whatever, however you identify and all of a sudden, that's hard enough being a black infinifat woman, like trying to maneuver through the world with all that we're already having to deal with yeah. and trying to express and, and survive and create and have an outlet and just be yeah. human yep. and have to still think about all these little stupid things, you know, and it taught me a real lesson because I'm like, just go in there and tell them blah, blah, blah. and it's not always like that right I have to be able to meet people where they are yeah and help guide them and show them mm. and be an example even if I can't ever talk to them if, they, if I never communicate with them one-on-one just to be an example yeah you know of what it means to show up for yourself completely fully as you are with with no regrets and no yeah apologies it's such a both and to be able to hold mm-hmm. like you absolutely deserve to advocate for your needs and have other meet other people meet them. And sometimes that is just so exhausting. Yeah. And it is not a failure to say, I can't do it today. No. So tell me, this may be a far too complicated question, but tell me how you got to this point of self-acceptance and self-love like if someone was listening to this going well that's really great for angel and all but like I hate my body I don't even know where to begin or whatever like how how do you understand the journey that you went on to get there or to get here um honestly I had an injury and um was on my back for like a couple of years like I was forced. Mm-hmm. I was. I had a choice to either just be like, you know what, I quit. I quit everything. I'm tired. Um, I said all the fatphobic things you could say to yourself, 
all the things anybody ever told me. That's why I think some of it rolls off my back because nobody could tell me anything I haven't already told myself, anything I haven't mm. already considered myself, all the lies. Yeah. I consumed it all my life, all the reasons why I was not enough, all the reasons why I would never be enough until I shrank my body, the things that the, the wagers and the promises I used to make to myself about what I do once I did ABCD. Yeah, I've gone through all of that. And when I was on my back, I just decided I wanted to live. And wow. um, maybe a year or two before that, I met Ash Fatlip, <clears throat> who is also in Fin Fat, extremely un- unapologetic, like. Yeah, she's a badass. A beast, you know. <laughs> and I was looking at her yeah. and I was like, what? You wow. me. You can be fat like that and love yourself, show your body, show the world, get in people's faces, you know, talk your stuff, whatever you got to do and not back down and, and, and say what you want and be infinite. It's no wonder you've taken up the call. You had a direct example of like one representation. Yes. And it changed your life. And now you get to be that for other people. Oh my God. It makes so much sense. Yeah. And so as I, I, as I watched her move and advocate and she invited me on her podcast one day and I sat with her and I cried and I poured all of my heart out and I just, I, you know what? It sounds so hokey to say this, but I feel like my life is like you know like bc and ad like my life yeah. is there's you know, a before and after and post yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's you amazing I mean? yeah i do that that connection with her has forever changed my life oh. i'm like you can do this and like not run and cry and hide yeah and be human and still be sad and have the, you know, the gamut of emotions that any human being has mm-hmm. and still come up for air and say, I'm still here. Yeah. I'm still here. And I was like, I could do this. Yeah. I think something else that I love about the way that you talk about this is there's sort of an archetype, particularly again, in the body positive community, mm-hmm. um, an archetype that is sort of like the spiritual bypassing or toxic positivity around like body love. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I love every inch of my body, uh, you know, or I, even I unconditionally love my body. I think, you know, the reason I moved to neutrality instead of positivity around that space is because it makes room for all of the range of human emotions. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a much more powerful representation mm-hmm. to see somebody who's, who's like, experiencing that full human range rather than just, I love it all the time, which I think is really distancing. It pushes people away. It doesn't yeah. inspire them because they're, they're like, well, that feels impossible. I think it just yeah. breeds shame. Right. So you and Ash is another great example of that. Just mm-hmm. really owning the full humanity of, of yeah. the experience is so beautiful. Yeah. There have been many days that, um, and, and even like starting to move and do different things that I did for different reasons before mm-hmm. of being, made aware and beginning the process of unlearning. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's been a whole new discovery. I uh, worked with um, somebody named Deb uh, that 
does real amazing work around um, neural pathways and learning how to handle pain and things like that. Oh, so cool. Um, and then beginning to just move and enjoy movement for the sake of movement because it made me feel good. Yeah. Because it yeah. made my body feel good, mm-hmm. um, which was totally new for me and scary, you know, because it always, it was always attached to a number, always attached to, yep. you know, you know, weighing myself and freaking yeah. out about the fact that I'd exercised all week, you know, and uh-huh. nothing changed. I got out of that loop. Yeah. Finally. And that was really empowering as well because I felt my body again. Yeah. One of the things that I say on my website, um, a friend of mine, Adrian, that passed, I don't know if you remember Adrian Bennett, but um, mm-hmm. they passed recently, but they instilled in me when I first started setting up sacred space, um, they really helped me kind of pull out what I wanted to say, my mission, my vision, all things yeah. that I wanted to do. And I remember one of the things that we discussed was I wanted to help people remember themselves again. Yeah, I when saw you're a that. fat person, you become so detached mm. and dissociated from your body. Sure. Because you feel like your body's harmed you. You feel like your body's not unworthy, mm-hmm. that um, doesn't belong in the world. All the things that you, yeah. you know, process that have kind of culminated over your life, you know, through your lived experiences, what you've come to believe about your body. Yeah. And so moving it, the pain, you know, chronic pain that you might have in it, all those make you feel like your body is not a part of who you are. Anymore. Yeah. It's just a something you're dragging around that's kept you limited and it keeps you oppressed and yeah and down, you know. I can't tell you how many it's clients so, use language like I if I could just like cut it off, I would that kind of exactly. thing. It's complete disconnect. Yeah. Exactly. And so beginning to feel my body again with movement, mm. feeling um feeling things that I felt before, you know, when I used to move, like getting yeah. stronger, but in a free way, you know, in a in a way that just made me feel so empowered and so good and like making time to do that as self-care that has changed a lot for me too and and that's another thing that I really want to convey to people and that's why I do the move and dance and sit and movement Mondays and all that type of stuff because no matter what body you're in you know movement is for you your body is yours your body is for you it's um a beautiful thing it's yeah. miraculous our bodies are wondrous right but we have come to hate them you know or like you said like we want to cut them off and you know it, it doesn't we don't have to do that right you know, we don't we don't have to feel that about ourselves yeah. you know we can it's just a body you know what i'm saying it's just we are human being yeah and it doesn't say anything that the fact the shape or the size or the condition of our body says nothing about who we really are absolutely and I just want people to remember that I love that about the remembering like like Mm -hmm. sort of a coming home feeling yes I do a lot of reconnection work with my clients because something I've always thought was really interesting is trauma itself for any reason often leads to a disconnection with the body. So like you get in a car accident, you know, having nothing to do with like interpersonal Mm -hmm. uh, relationship stuff um, and or go into a freeze response or, you know, end up disconnected, dissociated, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. 
And it will still be incredibly difficult to come back to the body after that. Now you add the layer on top of the trauma itself was about your body. And I think this is true when it's, um, when it's like size discrimination, like what we're talking Mm -hmm. about. And also when it's like sexual trauma, because it's literally like about your body, um, Mm -hmm. as well as, uh, a lot of, um, like transphobic stuff ends up being about the body Mm -hmm. as well. So in those cases, um, then there's like this whole other disconnect and this whole other, because then you start to make the story, the story shows up differently, you know, and it gets way deeper rooted. And Mm -hmm. so now it's, it's even doubly hard, maybe even exponentially harder to come back to, like, it was always going to be hard. Yeah. And now there's like so much, it's just swimming upstream. It's such a hard thing to do. And so reconnection in any way that, that allows you to do it is so important for yes. uh, really returning to a feeling of safety and groundedness. Yes. And I could imagine for the people that you are like, you know, advocating for and working mm-hmm. for that, that would even be like more important than the general population of people with trauma oh, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Because it's a lifeline. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a way to like engage in life again, you know, right. to like feel alive. You know, I, I, um, oh man, that's talked to so many people all the time who are afraid to even begin, you know, uh, yeah, because yeah. of what you just said, you know, of the like swimming upstream, it's, it's scary. Mm-hmm. And so you need an example or someone to kind of hold your hand or yeah. someone to talk through someone that looks like you, that, you know, can identify and empathize you know with the way that you're feeling and that's power you know I really or even just to represent that it's possible yes because I think so much of uh the the so much of what's hard about healing these kinds of things is like the despair that comes in where you go I guess I just am miserable forever then like I this is life so to see examples like you or ash like actually thriving in this space, actually like doing the work and seeing progress, not just like spinning your wheels and be like, oh, I really mm-hmm. wish I felt differently. I mean, that is, I think sometimes all anybody uh, really needs to, to get through the like overcoming inertia to get started part is like, yeah, this is possible. Also the fact that, um, like you said, seeing an example, but it's also the fact that sometimes we have these parameters in our mind about what movement should be or what this should be or what Mm. that should be and they inhibit us like oh yeah for example I used to when I used to go to the gym I would say if I don't walk on the treadmill for 30 minutes and I haven't worked out you know or if I don't lift this heavy today and taking all that junk off yeah all those rules and regulations off of what we perceive is real movement or what we used to call exercise or whatever the case may be for it to count or whatever yeah Yeah. it gives you so much freedom to say you know what if all I really want to do today is you know roll my shoulders or you know just like sit and like be with myself you know or stretch or whatever then I'm serving my body and it's what I need you know and my body knows what it needs yeah Absolutely. So I want, I want to take this and kind of return to the fact that what you mm-hmm. set out to do, I realize like you do a lot more um, sort of like advocacy and consulting now, mm-hmm. uh, but what you set out to do is really in the space of 
you said pampering, right? It, it has yes. this like luscious softness to it. Um, and not that movement necessarily has to have luscious softness, but there's just yeah. something, there's something about the fact that like, I know a lot of people advocating for like, you know, um, medical equality, right. Or like it really pushing back against massive systems of mm -hmm. oppression that are really obvious and violent. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I've heard of anyone doing that, like offering not just the right to be alive, mm -hmm. you know, and like have basic human respect, but actually to have joy, to have pleasure in this very particular way to, to have, um, like access to, to spaces of softness and, yes. um, relaxation, you know, like to me, that feels like something that is so unique to what you set out to do. And mm -hmm. I really hope you get to return to it at some yes, point. Yes. It's so I'm beautiful. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it, it for does. Me. Yeah. <laughs> of course. I love that you say it came from a selfish thing. I mean, I feel yeah. like a lot of the best work does. You're like, oh, you know what I needed? I'm going to make that. Um, yeah. But so, so tell me about that then, because I think there's something so like tender in this idea that it, it almost to me feels like. I'm not even going to talk about how we deserve basic rights. I mean, I, I realize you're doing that now, you know, but there's yeah. something about it almost feels like just so much bolder to say we deserve like luxury, mm -hmm. you know, we deserve this, this thing that is beyond just existing. It feels so badass to me. Yeah. You think about it, you think about in the media, maybe along those lines the perception of opulence and mm -hmm. luxury as equated to uh, wealth and capitalism and people in small bodies and you know the elite and being able to yeah. go to you know Martha's Vineyard and you yes. know or to like a spa and like get yeah, yeah. pampered or whatever and it kind of what what, I'm, what we're talking about what I want to do flies in the face of that because yes. um being a fat person like we said earlier is like the worst case scenario and everything of the thing that we're the thing that people try to prevent the most in these circles is being fat it's everything that they do the way they dress yeah the way they eat you know how they I mean just the vanity of it all you know like yeah and so to say that in my fat body, that the body that you are definitely afraid of becoming, I can have that too, like flies in their face. And that's not yeah, the only yeah. reason. Dude, I mean, it's a good reason. It's not the only reason. But it, it, it is what I'm thinking though. It's like, it feels so much more rebellious than just saying we, we deserve basic human rights. It's like, it, it feels like it just takes it to this incredible level. It's one of the reasons too that I, um, I love like... I do follow a lot of like activism content and sometimes it gets so heavy and my favorite kind to see is like black joy, trans joy, fat joy, you know, to see that being like, it's obviously not always available, but it's yeah. just to see that existing in the midst of it all to me feels like it's like a little bloom in, in a yeah. freaking apocalypse, you know? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> like it is, it is still here. It's just, yeah. it's such an incredible thing. Uh, to see a person demand access to joy and pleasure. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and to demand it 
in a world that says I don't deserve it, especially. Right. And you know what? I saw a disability activist. I don't remember his name, but I saw him. He was in his wheelchair giving a talk. And he was like, it's not just about access. And it kind of speaks to what you're just saying. It's mm-hmm. not just about me having the bare minimum of what I need. I want to feel welcome. Yeah. I want to feel like this place was made for me. Uh-huh. You know, I want to feel like I belong. And he was talking about, but like, I'm, I'm glad you put a ramp in. Thanks a lot. You know, I'm grateful right, for right, it. Right, right. But I want to feel like this place was made for me. Yeah. That's, like in the basic design of the world. Yes. That people like him were considered. Yes. That like, to me, that just feels I mean, I get like shivers thinking about it, <laughs> like the world that we could build if that were taken seriously, yes. you know, the, the idea that, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for the inclusion. Thank you for the chairs that fit. Absolutely. That was needed. Yeah. And it's not enough. No, it's just step one. And there are like a hundred steps here. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and guess what? You deserve it too. We all deserve it. We all deserve this space. It's just that you're far more likely to get it than I am Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because you are in a body that's deemed acceptable to the world. Right. And that's not right. Right. Also, gosh, that makes me think of too, the idea that like, like a huge shift uh, for a lot of men is when they realize that the patriarchy harms men too. Yes. Right. It's like, there's this moment of like, oh, it's a women's issue and I should Mm -hmm. care about it because I love women, Mm -hmm. but I, you know, it's, I'm not personally invested. And then you go, oh, uh, this is actually harming me. Oh, now I'm mad about it. You know, I feel like I had, I had some of that, uh, in the beginning of learning about anti-racism stuff when Mm -hmm. I discovered all of these incredible authors that I was never given to read in high school. And I was so angry, like on my own behalf, this was like, not even I was not coming from like an activism place yet I was just pissed that I had been like gatekept some of the most incredible writers and and that was where I really think things started to shift of like I am no longer it wasn't like a favor anymore to dismantle racism you know I was Mm -hmm. like maybe it's wrong that this is what got me in but it was one of those turning points and I feel like we can do a similar thing here with weight that like yeah nobody is winning in a world that makes infinifat people feel not included literally everybody's body image is horrible everybody's relationship Mm -hmm. to food and exercise is horrible like even if you live in a thin body and you have a chair you are being hurt by this like yes nobody is winning yeah sabrina springs talks about that in her book um you're in the black body of her book yeah and you know how she was talking about um you know the origins of fat phobia are racist right yes and so now but now you have fat phobia so our society is so entrenched you know in these western european you know ideals so everybody's getting it you know for because of fat phobia you know everybody's suffering from an issue that began with racist tropes and and ideas yeah. about fat people or, or about or rather black people being yeah. fat and overeating and amoral and that type of yeah. thing and so now white fat white women are getting yeah you know anybody it was a body mm-hmm. is suffering from fat phobia because of what you just said yeah this ideal that i have to look and be a certain way that a certain way is better inherently better yes. like that will not let anybody win nope never because even if you have I, it, you're afraid. Yeah. And I say, 
if I advocate for independent fat people, just like Saucy West was talking about the fight for inclusivity in clothing, like being able to buy clothes, like with you know larger fat body, you know, if you're saying you make clothes for everyone and you go up to a 3X, right? Or you say you want to make clothes for the largest bodies. If you make clothes for me and I'm a six or seven, eight X, and you make clothes for everybody that's smaller than me, then there's access for everyone. Yeah. Like how yeah. does that work? If right. I want a seat that's bit that's bigger, right? That's larger or wider, anybody can sit in that seat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just that I can sit in it too. Whereas right. before the seats were smaller, obviously. And you, there were, that means that there are a lot of people excluded from being able to use it. Right, it won't right. ever hurt. Exactly. It will only help oh, to make things more point. accessible. By the way, I um, I identify as non-binary. So I've been oh. like searching for brands that are sort of gender fuckery oh, that yeah. I enjoy, you know? Uh, but I do feel like it's something I see a lot is in these brands who are so dedicated to inclusivity and like progressive values that they're still not going up past maybe two, maybe three X, you know, yeah. that that's something that I, I don't know that I've ever seen in any of these brands, what you're talking about. And that is like, I mean, I'm trying to shop the businesses that are ethical and doing the work, you know, like that's yeah. God, that's, that says glamour, a lot. Smart glamour has no cap on their sizes. They were the first smart glamour. I know of. Um, Connelly McDougal who's wearing, made the dress I'm wearing right now, actually. I guess it was not planned. I just <laughs> happened to be talking about it. Um, they have infinite, infinite sizing. So there are a few oh, that's cool. companies starting to do it Amazing. little by little. Um, and it's amazing. And there's a varying, you know, like price range or whatever, mm-hmm, um, because mm-hmm. that's another, you know, level of accessibility that's needed because a lot of people who are in Vinifat don't make a lot of money. Right? right. So we need to be right. able to get clothes that we can actually afford that isn't right. fast fashion, you know? So it's yeah. like all these different needs that are kind of like. And frankly, you should be able to buy like couture too. I mean, we've got I mean, like, yeah. like it should I mean, go yeah. the whole range, right? Like, yes. yes. Oh my we gosh. Just need more options. Yeah. In the range. Okay. So before we wrap up, I just wanted to ask, so you wrote for me, uh, you told your story basically uh, to my audience in your blog post. It was very much like the story of weight stigma and your health and the the toll that weight stigma and weight discrimination have had on your body. And you mentioned to me that you'd gotten a lot of feedback. It really seemed to like hit a nerve. So I wanted to hear just a little bit about the kind of feedback you got and why you think it hit a nerve like that. There are a lot of people like me, especially black women. Hmm, I didn't mean to start crying. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, I found out there's a term for it today. It's called weathering. I had no idea it was a term for it, but <clears throat> there are a lot of fat black women who have broken hearts. And a lot of them have reached out to me and they told me about their mothers and their sisters. My mother died from congestive heart failure. And um, and I'll talk about that in the article, but there's this thing that happens and I'm hearing about it a lot. It's, you know, and it sounds so silly, but you know, when you, maybe you're in college, you're like, whenever you bought a new car, 
and you never noticed the car before but all of a sudden when you get it you see like a whole lot of cars that are like your car like all yeah 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 it's like lately this has really been heavy on my mind especially since the passing of my mom and so many people not just with that article but have come to me and say hey I lost my mom and the thing is just kind of like with lipedema I lost a friend lately that had lipedema and because the doctor looked at it and said you're just fat you know like no no yeah, more yeah. you know investigation or or treatment or whatever she she passed um <clears throat> when a person has high blood pressure or heart disease the assumption is you're too fat you eat the wrong food whatever you know there are a lot of things and so yeah. we don't get the treatment that we need right oh couple that with the fact that a lot of our moms are single moms and under a lot mm, of pressure yeah we don't get paid enough money there's so much um dysfunction in our home so a lot of times yeah there's relationship issues and toxicity and we just bear a lot racism I mean I haven't even yeah to talk about that in oppression in our workplaces um difficulty with you know being perceived as perceived as aggressive or mean when we're just right. like literally trying to survive and mm-hmm. a lot of people identified with the things that I was saying and the experiences that I shared and um it's just Something has to give. And I think that's another reason why I do what I do because I can't redeem time. Like I can't make up for time. Um, But I want to, if there's anybody who's just beginning the process or the journey to like loving themselves and their body, you know, I want them to know the things that I didn't know, you know, and I want them to perceive and understand and really really not just love themselves, but know who they are, know their purpose, know um, the value that they have and the value of their humanity and all their uniqueness and the gifts that they have and how much more all those things are important than their weight or how they look or um, how much money they have or anything you know, um, answers to questions about relationships and all the things that kind of contribute to the stress and the strain that we experience, the systematic issues. Like we can't fight it all at one time, but there are things that we can do little by little in community and being able to relate in empathy and support. I'm like so I'm happy so that you I, wrote it, but I'm also like just hearing all of that is yeah. devastating. Yeah. Yeah. And so joy, finding joy. Um, I do it with abandon because I'm doing it for my life. I'm doing it for their lives. <laughs> I have to fight to be free. We all have to fight to be free. And until we can, there's so much, there's so much darkness. Yeah. And there's no, I'm not being fake positive. I'm like, 
if you want oh, to survive, we have to create community. Yes. We have to tell each other the truth. We have to cheer each other on. We have to not straddle the fence, you know, and know these things and not act on them. You know, like we can't just keep learning and learning and learning and not doing. It's not about intention. It's about actual impact, you know, mm -hmm. and what you're going to do about it. I get so tired and I mean, no disrespect, but I get so tired of white women saying all these things about what they believe and the things I could tell you about what I know that mm -hmm. white women have done to black women that I know that I love mm -hmm. in these circles, mm -hmm. in this arena, in fat liberation, in body liberation, for the sake of capitalism and white supremacy, I have seen my friends, I almost lost a friend. She called me screaming, crying because she didn't think she was gonna hold on oh. because these women stole her work. Oh. Stole her work and she can't even talk about it because she didn't have money. She can't get sued. Like, what do you yeah. even do? Yeah, yeah. This is the this is the stuff that we deal with. This is what kills us in this yeah. world. And I have to talk about it. And I know people get so angry. I have had people threaten me. Somebody um emptied one of my friends' bank account. Like I've had to go and put um <clears throat> remove like my information from the internet because. Somebody went to my friend's house and took aerial pictures with a drone the because they hate her so much. For existing this in is a the fat stuff body. That, this is the stuff that we deal with. Yeah. And Damn, it can't Angel. be. I am so sorry that you have experienced that. I, I understand why it would be so much more wounding in the circles who sort of say they're doing better. I mean, that is, that's, that's horrible. There's immeasurable harm being done. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing it here and sharing it just in general. I mean, it's it's incredible what you're doing. I support your work so much. Um, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. No, God, don't be. This is like literally everything. This is exactly what I want. This is what I want people to hear. This is the kind of conversation I personally want to have. So thank you for yeah. being vulnerable enough to like share it with me. Um, I was impressed when when you wrote the the mm -hmm. post as well that you're really um, I feel very trusted to, to hold this story. This is all real hear. stuff. Like I'm not, yeah. I, I see performance every day. I know performance. Yeah. I'm sick of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Fair I enough. can't, this is who I am. This is what yeah. I'm doing. And I need more people to be true mm -hmm. about who they are so. and what they mean, not what they say. Mm -hmm. I need more people to like do it. If you're putting the labels on and you're making money because you can say, you know, put all the terms out and the jargon yeah. and, you know, you got degrees and letters behind your name, that's beautiful. But what are you doing? What are you so, doing? For the sake of time, I wanted to ask about GigFat, but if you have enough time to answer this, I'd like to actually throw down okay. a question to that as well, Okay. which is, uh, is there something you would want to say directly to the many white women in the body positivity, body liberation, or like intuitive eating kind of, you know, 
uh, eating disorder healing space because I'm hearing and I'm like, like agreeing and cheering, but I also, I, I think it would be more powerful with detail. And I don't want to put that labor on you right now to like, no, no, come I already up with did the answer. labor. Actually, okay. I just did a post. <laughs> okay. I then then post. if you want to speak to them or, or ask yes. me, speak to me, you know, I mean, yeah, that I'm, yeah. I'm that right. So, um, yeah. I'd love to open, open that up. What I want to see is real representation because fat liberation and even body positivity originated with women of color who were striving to get free. I want, and, and we're still not free, right? We still don't have the privilege or the access or anything that we need. What I want people to do who have privilege, whether it's black light skin privilege, mm. people that are more privileged than a fat black person like me, what I wanna see is you diversify your feed. I want to see you do more than promote what you do. I know you have to make money, right? But if you're saying this is what you believe in and you have to find a balance, you have to diversify, you have to show. If you want to, if you really want to serve a diverse group of people, if that's what you really want to do and you want to bring access, you have to show it, be mm. that example, right? And then make it happen and bring people in pay black fat people, you know, center them, defer to them mm. because we can tell you what we need. If it's us that you really want to serve. If it's not, and you do want to just build your business and put the words out there and promote yourself, then say that, mm. right? But don't pretend because we can see what you're doing. Right. It's an insult. I'm not talking about you. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying. In well, you general. also kind of are. I'm trying to like, like hear it without separating myself from it because yeah. I am not someone who, I was actually going to ask you this little follow-up question here. Uh, -huh. uh, just put myself on full vulnerability to my audience. Uh, <laughs> but I wanted to ask, so because something that I have understood a lot in, uh, you know, anti-racism work particularly, but I think it applies uh, to sort of all liberation work is the idea of sort of tokenism and how diversifying is often performative and it is often just done to sort of signal something to make the person look better, right? So I think that I've pretty much stopped doing doing what I would have been doing, which is just like, so, I mean, I repost people's in the stories, mm -hmm. but it's like I, what you're talking about. I'm like, I don't know how to do that in the same space that I am just creating my own work. So like, how do you, know the difference maybe that's the question well you did it when you asked me to write on your blog or when i asked you i kind of like came into your just, you did but i, I loved it oh my god i love that i was like you just but made my life you, so you much easier <laughs> i mean that, that did that feel authentic to you yes absolutely so that's that's it you know mm. you know what's authentic to you and you know the message you want to get across yeah, I yeah. didn't feel okay. tokenized. I felt like you were like, understood. My people need to hear this. Yeah. So I think there's something too. It, it's such an interesting thing because like when you say, you know, bringing that stuff in, I feel like me anyway, and, and I think so many other people, it feels like now I have to rush to prove something. Mm -hmm. 
And to me, not posting on Instagram the way that I had once done really felt like I'm not going to prove this anymore unless it feels really, really like it's coming from that mm -hmm. place for me. And so this is a way that I can do that. And there are other ways that I do that as well. But like, I actually feel like the performative thing was such a turnoff to me. I felt so icky about the potential of it feeling that way um, to anybody that I, I, I feel like I've, I've given this just an extraordinary amount of thought of like, what is the right way to use my privilege and my platform to fight for liberation for everyone, which means fighting for liberation for liberation of the most marginalized. Um, so, I, I mean, it obviously like makes me feel good to hear that, but way more importantly, I think it's just a good example for anybody who does this kind of work and is listening. Like that there are other ways that are not performative that maybe people don't even necessarily see and go, oh, good for you, you're doing the thing, um, but actually does feel like the right direction. The other thing is that, and I get this, you know, I have a service that I provide. Where I was I'll gonna ask you about that too. Business. And I'll just like eat it up and say, I'm going through your social media. I'm looking at your website. This does not look welcoming to a person like me. You're a trainer. I don't see myself. Yeah. Right. I pick through it. Yeah. You know, I love and that. Because, and people have come back to me with that. Oh, I don't want to be performative. I, mm. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing is that icky place that you, that you, that you feel, yeah. you got to sit in that. Mm -hmm. because what's the alternative this is ignoring it and caring about your business and not helping anybody <laughs> yeah I mean I I, I process I agree absolutely I love that you do that and I wrote down I, I wanted to ask so I read through all your consulting offers uh -huh. um one being like infinifat accessibility and inclusivity which to me felt like a little bit more of like in real life stuff but it sounds like yes. you're also doing a digital version of basically the same mm -hmm. thing right yeah so I was gonna say who should hire you uh, white people. <laughs> <laughs> Love no, it. No, seriously, seriously. Um, I have, I have, my clients now are like fitness instructors, whatever, movement, purposeful movement instructors. Uh -huh. um, I can do anybody where you sell clothes. If you're a therapist, somebody told me the other day that I could um, like kind of sit in with therapists and just like, kind of like listen to their language and like help them kind of form if they have people who are fat that they're working with and they yeah. have some like questions about terminology or how they're talking to them that I can just observe. Um, I could do all that stuff. The thing is that if you want me to do it, and I said this on a recent post, be prepared because I'm going to challenge you. And then I offer to help you, yeah. like I offer to help you. Like actually I have a client right now, power up yeah. movement company, the, per the person that I do the move and sit and the dancing she's an example right she got she was in that icky place mm -hmm. and she was like i'm just gonna do it you know so i'm partnering with her now i told her I, I i did a whole like breakdown of her business and what she was doing and gave her a rating and said this is what these are my recommendations and then if you want me to help you take the next step yeah yeah and actually bring those mm -hmm. recommendations to life i'll do that and that's i'm doing it like I'm our oh partner now. You know what I'm saying? This is such a cool offer to anybody who is listening. Uh, I mean, sacredspaceforfatbodies.org. Is that your website? Yes. And I'll link to this in the show notes too. But if you go over to consulting services, it's all there. I feel that you are, 
uh, asking for far less money than you are worth for these, <laughs> uh, the pr prices that you listed. Um, but I also just feel like what an incredible opportunity as you kind of wrote in it is like to get the eyes of a disabled black infinifat person. Like there is so much about your experience that mm -hmm. can benefit any company, any brand. And yes. often they don't get the opportunity because anybody who maybe would have that perspective would just probably bounce off their page, right? And go, oh, this, yes. this is for me. Um, yeah. So to actually get the opportunity to have you go through it like that deep, detailed way is just amazing. The other thing is I do, I was a beach body coach. Oh my gosh. I didn't yes. see that coming. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so I've done it all. Like I know- sure the mindset and the mentality and the sweat, sweaty pics and all that type of uh -huh. stuff. You know what I'm saying? I, I understand that. And I, and I, if somebody wants to do the work to like make that shift and to move into a more inclusive, accommodating space, yeah, that's what I can help them do. Amazing. Okay. So before we finish up here, I want to ask about gig fat and here, uh, your upcoming project, right? Yes. Tell yes. me about it. So when I was telling you earlier about the person who had her work taken from her um, and shopped at something like they did or whatever, um, she was kind of like the impetus for me to like get this going. And even in my own lived experience, oh my gosh, um, the stress and strain and the, the heart issues and all the things that come with working in a corporate environment yeah. are overwhelming, um, especially for a person in a fat, super fat or infinite fat body who has to try to figure out how to maneuver in corporate capitalist spaces. So I wanna give people uh, an option to be able to work, you know, in a way that honors them, um, in a way that is not harmful. Um, so there will be um, des definite, I guess, vetting or you know, something like that yeah. for people who are going to be offering the jobs because I don't wanna put people right back in the same scenario, right? So I want people to have a really clear understanding of the types of people that we want to, to offer yeah. uh, jobs to these people. Um, and then the people like, are people like myself who are, you know, career corporate, yeah. you know, people who have a lot of lived experience and education, um, who are creatives, who do are artists that can do commissions or yeah. whatever it is that they do Oof. and kind of matching these people up. I love um, that. So that everybody has a clear understanding of what's going on. And um, with the caveat that, gosh, if you harm people and you're deemed harmful, you know, people have to know that you're harmful. Mm. You know, that's the step because I can't. Will there I be a rating system like on Uber? <laughs> but I, this makes me, being able to say that and share that makes me know that anybody who participates is going to have to get it. Yeah. And have done the work. Oh man. I feel like this is so brilliant because there's mm -hmm. a lot of people that I know, uh, who really want to put their money where their mouth is, you know, but like, if you just randomly go on the internet and say any fat black queer, like it's, no, it, you know, yeah. I love that you're actually like making it so easy for people mm -hmm. who want to be like, you know, hiring uh, folks in marginalized bodies to be able mm -hmm. to do so in this way. I think it's brilliant. I can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah, I'm excited.
Okay. Angel, tell people where they can find more of you. I am going to link to your blog post, probably in the notes, as well as your website, mm-hmm. which by the way, I wanted to mention, there's this photo of you on your site in like a red bathing suit, I think. Is no, it that? No, that's not me. Oh, is it not like a stock photo or something? Oh, no way. Okay. Well, I was scrolling through and it just, it felt so joyful. And uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> I guess I also didn't know what you looked like when I looked at your website. Oh, right, 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 right. Well, I guess, you know, I did from Instagram anyway. Uh, it was such a joyful photo and it just made me so happy. Um, but yeah. Okay. So tell everybody where they can find you. I live on IG. So it's sacred space for fat bodies on IG. Um, uh, SS4FB, I think on Twitter, but I never go on there. So it's uh, just probably on sacred on oh, no, IG under sacred space for fat bodies. Um, my website will be linked sacred space for fat bodies.org. I'm on TikTok under sacred space for fat bodies. And I are you, I got to get on there. Yeah, it's fun. It's I'm fun. not with it yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I offer a, every Monday, a dance and sit class, um, through power up movement co. Um, and that's on Instagram as well, powerupmovement.co. That's what it's called. And every Monday, you'll see it on my page, well, under Sacred Space. Perfect. And it's linked in my bio. And all we do is sit and jam out. And I'm telling it. you, you think is it going to be, oh, they're just dancing. No, we get down. My clothes <laughs> were drenched last time. I was I don't play around. I love to dance. Yeah. But it's for people who, enjoy movement and enjoy dance but don't want to feel like you got to stand up and you know be uncomfortable you can come as you are you can do it in your car do it on your lunch break whatever it's Mondays at noon we might add some more classes for evening because we've had some demand for for the evening time which I know would be better but it's a work in progress but I would love to have anybody that wants to. okay and is that like done on Instagram like an Instagram live it's done on zoom Oh, it's done. Oh, okay. So like yeah. they would sign up for it basically on Instagram. Yes, yes. Okay. Got it. You can. It's like a dollar, oh. $5, $10 what? or whatever you want. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here and talking to me. This was, uh, such a delicious conversation for me personally. Uh, I just, <laughs> this is why I wanted guests. You know, I, I did like yeah. one season of just solo, solo podcast episodes. Cause yeah. that's what I could definitely schedule and get done. Um, yeah. but this is what I was looking for. I, I, I loved this conversation and I'm so, so glad that you exist and that you came on and, uh, that I met you. So thank you for being here. Uh, and to everybody who's listening, um, I will link all that stuff and you know where to find me on Instagram at Jesse Nealand and jessineeland.com. And I will catch you next week.